My, my, thank you, choir. What enthusiasm the second service. I think you meant it. Do we mean it? What a Savior! He gave His lifeblood for even me. The more I understand what a sinner I was and what a sinner I could still be, to understand that He loved me enough to leave heaven, to come to this world, walk amongst us for 33 years and die on a cross, be buried and rise again so that I could go to heaven. Amen? And amen. I said in the first service that I might have to take pastoral liberty when we move over to our new building. We have been in double services now for over 12 years. We started this 12 years ago in September, actually, after Pastor Nathan joined our staff in June of whatever 12 years ago. That would be 2004, I believe, if I can count correctly. And uh, we've been double services for 12 years last month. And to think about that, uh, at first I remember hating having to preach twice. Then finally I realized that maybe I could get it right the second time. (laughs) But the thing that I love the most about double services is hearing our musicians and uh, do it more than once. Amen and amen. So in my pastoral liberty, I asked permission from my wife. And since I'm her husband, she has to follow Uh, But I'm trying to gear the choir up for this, too, is, you know what? Wouldn't you like to come back and hear that again? And so come back tonight and we'd hear it again. That would be all right, wouldn't it? Well, they're not prepared for tonight. But when we go over to the other building, we're looking at having them sing in the morning time and the night time. And, boy, they could sing that same song about five times. I don't think I'd ever get tired of it. Or the songs that were picked out. These great hymns of the faith. Written back in 1700. Oh my, what a thank you for sharing that story. I think we've gotten away from some of the riches of some of the hymns. And even in our church, sometimes we've missed some of these amazing hymns. And sometimes it takes a little bit to learn some of them, doesn't it? But there's so many wonderful doctrinal truths in them that we get to enjoy. I need to change glasses because you all look better than you did last Sunday. <laughs> now, it's all right if I have a little fun today. I, in fact, you might think after this message you really dumbed it down. Well, not really, but I, uh, we, we have been in discernment there in uh, I, I, I joke about this, and sometimes people don't realize, you know, when I'm serious, when I'm not serious. But uh, there's going to be things that I'm going to say today that I really believe God has laid on my heart. Uh, he arrested my attention on Friday, and I, before our staff retreat, I wrote, a, I rewrote the message actually. And uh, if you can imagine, this is this is what's left. And we've been in this uh, for quite some time now. And this is what's just left on this idea of discernment. Because I believe it is very, very important for us to be able to discern truth from error. You know, the Bible says in the end times there's going to be an absence of truth. We need to be assembling more to hear that truth. To be in our Bibles more. We need to be getting stuff out of the Word of God. We need to be having God open our eyes to understand the Scriptures. To know what truth is. And as I've been getting into this message, it's almost like God is peeling some of the the veneer off of my own life. The layers of the onion to be able to see and to understand. 
And I tell you what, the riches of God's Word get richer and richer as we go on our journey. And I want to encourage you, if you're having difficulties in your devotions, that you will visit with us. We have a wonderful Bible Pathways back there that uh, it talks about and gives some, uh, usually some commentary on the portion of Scriptures. You can read through the New Testament from October to December. And, uh, and we've got Bible Pathways back there. We've got some, uh, some uh, bookmarks that you can do. We're going to be ordering some more. They should be coming in. Did they come in yet or not? We're going to get a whole bunch of them. You can order them for next year even for $10 and, and uh, help with some of the cost of those as they do cost us. But $10 for a year of commentary on the Bible. And I have thoroughly enjoyed it. So I just want you to, to get to this place where, where we understand how valuable this is. Not to be tricked. Not to fall prey to counterfeits. To be able to see what's going on and to discern what's going on. Not based on who you are. Judge not that you be not judged. Right? But who God is and what His Word says. We've got to examine the things that are going on based on God's Word. Whether it's true or not. How do I see it? Do I see it right? Do I hear it right? Have you ever been talking to your husband or wife and you guys are not on the same page? My wife and I often do that. She'll change chapters. And I'm still trying to figure out what I was trying to pay attention to before. And she says, you're not paying attention. Well, I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> or sometimes I'll do that same thing. Something that comes to my mind, I think that the other person should understand what I'm talking about because I've been thinking about it for an hour. We had this discussion in uh, our staff meeting. At, you know, we are, as a staff, we talk about this stuff all along. And, and now to catch this vision out there, cast this vision out into our church and our community about what God is doing at 1375 Irving and what's going to be taking place over there. And so much of what I'm going to say today actually is leading up to some of those things over there and just casting some of that vision. Next Sunday we'll be casting a little bit more of some of those things. But what do I hear? Did I hear it right? If I have question <clears throat> about what I heard, I need to go to that person and make sure I did hear it right. Sometimes in emails, you can, you can miss what an email says. You all know what I'm saying? And so making sure that we're hearing this right. Sometimes we interpret what we hear. We, what we're thinking on is, is my thinking Biblical. Is my emotions biblical? Oftentimes, your emotions are based on what you're thinking. That's why God says, rejoice always. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice and rejoice. Amen to that. We've been talking about this on Wednesday night. <clears throat> the direction of ministries. The direction of where the church goes. What we should do. What we shouldn't do. And so to discern whether what we're hearing is God or our flesh. And I tell you what, the staff, we prayed. We had Thursday and Friday. They're both kind of brain burners. But we, we sat down and we just begged God to help us to see what He wants us to see. And it's exciting. I, I really believe that God, just like un, unfolding the onion of our own lives, oftentimes He unfolds the story layer by layer also. Had we known everything about our building project, we probably wouldn't have done it. Because God knows how limited we are. The Bible says He knows, what was it, 1 Corinthians 
10.13. There's no trial taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted or tried above that you're able, but will with that temptation make a way of escape. God knows. And so he unfolds. And, and even on ministry, I mean, all of us are thinking, Lord, you're giving us this building that can seat over 400 and, and this beautiful aspect. And, and really, it's not about us. It's really about him. As I shared with one man in the, uh, the restroom this morning, I said, you know what? None of us could have ever dreamed of what was going on over there. Someone at the onset of this said, can we make that building beautiful? And what God is doing is so amazing. I really believe that he wants to show himself strong in this process. It's not about us. We must understand this building doesn't even belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. Amen to that. And I appreciate the pride of the men that are putting such diligence into all the things that are going on over there. and All that's taking place and the miracles that are taking place. What I'm supposed to preach... What am I supposed to say? You've heard me say time and time again, Lord, you help me to say it the way you want it said and the words that you want said. And truly, I've added to that prayer, though it's been a part of my prayers before, but I'm starting to get more into the habit now of saying, Lord, would your spirit do its work in each heart that's here? Would your word be powerful in each life and each heart? Amen to that? We want God to help us to see. So the message and what this message came of Friday, you could say it's the message before the message. And uh, God's trying to help us in this and to see this morning or not to see. That is the question. We'll turn these lights off up here on the, uh, this part of the stage uh, platform, excuse me, because uh, uh, we want you to see these amazing pictures. I had more fun than I should have had with this. And you'll, you'll, you'll understand why as we go. Not, not, don't, don't turn me off. Oh, it's, did you say that, Denise? Denise said, that's okay if they turn me off. I think we should vote her out of the church. All in favor, say aye. Aye. (laughs) I'm joking for all of our visitors that are here, okay? Just understand that. Oh, my, 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 my. To see or not to see, that is the question. Do we see? And I've got seven points this morning of why sometimes we just don't get it. All of us. All of us. And I'm sure that as I give this message, you could say, you know what, Pastor? I can think of four more. And I would encourage you because the Lord can speak to your heart and give you the message He wants you to hear. Father, I pray that you'll just help us now. To see. Help us to see. I pray that we'd understand when we don't see. Sometimes we don't even realize that we don't see. And so, Lord, as we we praise you this morning for what you're going to do, it is my prayer that you'll do a mighty work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to skip down to uh, the, the thing since, Diane, you came up here. And why don't we sing this? Uh, Diane's going to play, and, and I'm going to play too. And you're going to sing it. All right, you see it, uh, the song, Open Our Eyes. It's probably down there a few verses. Uh, now, I've got to put on the right glasses to be able to see these things. It's amazing how that changes here. But you all see that, Open Our Eyes. Why don't we make this your prayer this morning? 
as we get into the message this morning. Will you sing out real loud? You sing out. Amen. I trust that God will answer that prayer this morning. Thank you, Diane, for playing. Isn't it good to have Diane back with us? Yeah. Oh, I tell you. By the way, Diane, we're going to ask you to, to play uh, as we dedicate the piano on uh, November 20th. We're going to ask you to play a special. How's that? No pressure, just because I've made it known in front of all the church here this morning. Don't you like that? Oh, Diane, I love your playing. I love the choir. I love our orchestra. We have more fun than we should be having up here. I was telling Drew this morning, I was glad to get my lips back. Of course, it didn't sound like it right there. But I was glad to get my lips back. Then we played and got so enthusiastic. Brother Ernie, don't do that to us. We both blew our lips off and now they're numb again. And oh, But oh, I tell you. Now, let's get into the message. And we're going to go. Okay, got get, 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 get going here on this. Uh, you're in Mark chapter 46. Mark chapter 46. Really? Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. <clears throat> we can go back now if we can. All right. So, and, and I'm using these verses as, as I as started in my devotions in, in Mark this week. And just things, things just leaped off the pages at me about the book of Mark that's different. Last year, I loved the book of Luke. This year, the book of Mark is just, just sticking out in my mind. Here in, in uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, 10, 46 through 52, it says, And then they came to Jericho. And that's the entourage of Jesus and his disciples. And he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude of people, uh, uh, with a great multitude of people. And then there was blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway uh, begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and to say, Jesus, thou son of David. Have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Do you see this? He was told to be quiet. But Bartimaeus understood that he was blind. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good cheer or comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he cast away his garments, rose, and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, 
What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. When a man understands that he is blind, he wants the Savior's help. And so may God help us to have our eyes opened. That we can see that there are dark spots. There are situations that we don't see clearly. But may God help us to see that clearly. If this morning you have come in here and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you might not realize how blind you are spiritually. But God shows you and works in your heart and He shows you that you are a sinful person and you need to be a Savior. Then you can call out to Him and say, God, I want to see. I hope you've done that in your life. As a lost person understanding that Jesus died on the cross and the good news of the gospel, he cries out and says, oh, come into my heart and save me. We open our heart to him. Have you done that? If you haven't, I would encourage you to do so. I'm telling you, I didn't realize how dark I was until after I was saved. And then to have God's light come into my soul as he came to light man's soul. And then to be able to have that light growing and developing and be able to see more and more as we grow into spiritual maturity. So this little one up here, uh, he's got glasses on to see or not to see. Understand that there are many people who do not understand that they do not see. And there are reasons why people do not see well. And so let's get into those reasons this morning. The first one I'm going to talk about is attitude. Attitude. Attitude, as the little sign says there, is a little thing that makes a big difference. Just like this morning. As we come into this service, our attitude makes a difference. What time you went to bed last night? Whether you watched the Ducks lose, 50-some to 14. Was it that way? You can tell what time I went to bed. 70? Does it affect our attitude? No, because we got a good attitude. Here, Mark chapter 4, verse 9 says, And he said unto them, He that hath ear to hear, let him hear. When we come to church, man, we're saying, God, you just anoint that preacher. Lord, open my ears to hear. Lord, speak to my heart. I want you. Can I say that? Absolutely. Oh, and it's so refreshing when God speaks. You know, we want God to speak. I've been teaching our staff that it is rude that if someone asks you a question, you don't answer them. Right? We are God's child. We say, God, I want wisdom. In James chapter 1, he says, if you doubt it, that he's going to give you wisdom. You're going to be like this ship that's tossed in the free, uh, in the, in the, in the, by the waves up and down in life. God answers prayer. He shows us. We want, we come to him and he is delighted. And by the way, he knows the answers even before we ask. He, he answered an amazing, uh, principle of our 
getting into our occupancy by getting asphalt laid and the uh, south entrance, which would have hindered us from having occupancy because that was a handicap exit. Is that correct, Larry? And it was necessary to get. And we didn't even know that we were going up a blind aisle for a while. And then God brought in. Did they do a good job? Oh, I haven't seen it. I can't wait to go over there and see it. We prayed and we thanked the Lord on Friday night. And they said they were going to get it done by Saturday. And they did. Some of us will never know what God does even before we ask. We have an amazing God who answers exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. Oh, I'm telling you. Here. He that hath ears, let him hear. God, I want to hear. I want to know. I want to follow. I want to understand. Is this your will or not your will? You know, sometimes as we uh, we uh, do uh, things, let's say that uh, I want I want to give. Uh, let's see. I, I want to give you this hundred dollars. Sorry. God didn't leave me to give it to you. Yeah, she doesn't want it. I'm not going to give it. <laughs> By the way, this is Janie's $100, so it, uh, I uh, stole it out of her. It's okay. I uh, no one, Now no one wants it. Uh, by the way, the Bible says don't uh, do your alms in public. That's why I couldn't give it to you, okay? So I just want you to understand I'm just following biblical principles. But, but to understand, who should I help? How should I help? My life is not for myself. Jesus Christ did not come to be ministered unto, but to minister, to give His life a ransom for many. May God help us to understand that. We need to be praying. We need to hear. It's not just how God speaks to us in this message, but each and every day as we go along, God's laying some things on my heart. And I'm saying, Lord, is that what you want me to do? How foolish we would be if we don't do it. I remember 36 years ago, God laid something on my heart. I said, God, if that's what you want, I'm willing to do it. And I can't tell you how many times God has multiplied that decision over and over and over again. Oftentimes, He brings something to you to find out whether you're willing to step out by faith. By the way, on May, not May, That'd be a long ways off. November 20th is going to be our Thanksgiving dedication service into our new building. So you need to mark that down on your calendar. Unless something comes up, that's what we're shooting for in our grand opening on December 4th. And in that day, we're going to ask that God would help us to know what He would have. I mean, we've been praying this. But that each one of us would dedicate ourselves. As we dedicate the building and the piano and all these things that God has allowed us to use as tools for His instrument, that we would dedicate ourselves. Lord, what do you want in our lives? We're going to have opportunity to... Uh, to, to, to there's going to be some tags around of things that we're, we're uh, going out and purchasing by faith and putting into the building. Some things we won't have there by the time that these things take place. But folks are saying, you know what? I, I feel like this is what God would have me to do there. I believe in being spirit-led. Someone says, well, Pastor, do you believe in the tithe? I says, well, you know, I think the tithe is a good place to start because that was the Old Testament minimal requirement. Good starting point. 
We try to help young Christians understand that. But it ought to be that as we grow, we're spirit-led. Amen to that? What does God want me to do? Not only finances, but in serving, coming to church, being involved. He that hath ears, let him hear. May God help us with that. Here in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And they that gladly received His Word. That word gladly means that they received it with joy. Here at Pentecost, Peter got up there and preached this marvelous message. And they says, what must we do? And he says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they accepted the Lord. It says, they that gladly received His Word. What happened to them after they got saved? They got baptized. You see, this is the progression here on this early church being established there in Pentecost at, in, in Jerusalem. Uh, there they received the word. They got saved and then they were baptized. Baptism doesn't save you, but it is the step of obedience after you are saved. Right or wrong? See, you can't. I mean, baptism is to identify with Christ. And then, the same day, they were what? Added to the church. About 3,000 souls. You know, I believe people ought to join a church. You ought to find a good Bible-believing church that God's feeding you with. The preacher's standing up and telling the truth, whether you like it or not. (laughs) And become a part of it. And here at Westside Baptist Church, we have a, uh, a new members orientation so people can understand what they're joining. I think that's important. We have some guests here this morning and people that, that uh, uh, and all, you need to find out what, what that church believes. Because there's a lot of strange doctrine out there. I want to encourage you. Even Paul warned the Ephesians He says, after my departure shall grievous wolves come into you. May God help us with this. So we want to see. So attitude here. Then you got the wrong chair. Or the chair's in the wrong place. You say, preacher, where'd you come up with this stuff? Well, I thought, you know, it'd be nice to show off our new chairs. We got 450 of these, I believe. And this is uh, the auditorium chairs. And uh, our... Uh, our crew here has spent hours sitting in these various chairs to discover which one is the most comfortable. However, we don't want you to do this. And Mike said this chair would be just perfect if it reclined. All right. And, and, and we don't want you to get so comfortable. But you need to find your chair and be in it. Brother Jay says, can I buy one? I said, sure. It's $55. You give me the money and we'll let you write underneath it with your name underneath it. That's fine. But you make sure that if somebody else sits in your chair, it doesn't bother you. All right. <laughs> These are comfortable chairs. Sometimes people do not see because of the chair in the wrong place. Now, this fella here, it looks like maybe he stayed home. Now, it kind of looks like me about 8 o'clock at night, does it? How many, how many of that looks like you about 8 o'clock at night, all right? You know, that's, that's it. We sit down to relax. This chair can be in the wrong place because maybe it's not in church or maybe it's, it's sitting in places that uh, create uh, distractions. 
and things like that. Or, you know, one thing about Westside Baptist Church is sometimes we have to sit out in the lobby because we don't have room inside of our church. And so sometimes we have to sit out here because of uh, maybe sometimes nursery or sometimes we have to sit in the back because of uh, medical reasons and everything like that. But sometimes we can become distracted and not really get the message. Well, we got something going on in here today. I didn't know we had all these tables set up. Oh, that's right. We've got the nursery meeting today. And oh, I could be thinking about the nursery meeting or I could be thinking about different things like that. And so, you know what? I find that, you know, I come in and I, I set my chair down or I sit in church someplace. And, and I'm going to sit next to this fella who the last time I saw him, he was in the hospital. Yeah, amen, that's all right. Isn't it wonderful to see uh, Brother Vincent here this morning? And I get to sit down next to him and I get to talk with him and everything. And then I get to move on up my chair. And by the way, uh, I sit next to this fellow. right. Oh, Mike, it's good to see you. You know, it doesn't hurt to pray, Lord. Who should I sit next to today? Maybe it's a visitor. Do you think we're going to have visitors at the new building? Yeah. Boy, it's good to see you. You know, I got you on my list to come visit you. I am mad. Do you know church is more than just sitting in my own pew? Oh, boy, that sounded awful, didn't it? (laughs) By the way, I've gotten accustomed to pews also. And I'm thankful. You know, you can imagine we've talked about who moves my cheese 37 years here at Echo Hollow. You know, sometimes we say the building just doesn't feel right. I'm going to tell you something. This is the building God has given to us. By the way, do you all know that you're sitting in a building today that does not belong to you? This building has been purchased and it's been sold already. By the way, it never belonged to us in the first place. Okay, so I get to sit next to my brothers. I won't sit next to you because I don't like you. Will that preach? In fact, I was thinking about preaching a whole message on where's my chair. Because I'm telling you what, you can take a little silly little illustration and it can make a world of difference if we get it. Larry, I love sitting next to you. You always look more tired than me. (laughs) Oh, I'm telling you, coming to church. And then I find, by the way, I, I understand that... Our ushers, I think, is this correct? That we're going to make places for wheelchairs and everything so that they feel very special and all because I'm thankful for our folks that come in wheelchairs. Amen to that? Oh, it's wonderful. Rosie just, she just blessed my heart. She says, that message you preach, man, I just can't get over it and God's just doing an amazing thing. Oh, praise the Lord, Rosie. And then, you know what? Sometimes people don't like sitting up front because the preacher spits. And maybe, maybe you have the attention span that you don't, you don't get distracted. But I'm the kind of person that gets distracted. And the closer I sit to the front, the better. I was thinking about, Jerry and I have been talking about moving the chairs and how we would clean underneath them. I mean, there's so many things you think about in this. God's given us almost four years to think about all this stuff. And that's amazing. It's a blessing. 
And we thought, well, you know what, we can take these chairs. And I thought, you know, originally I thought, you know, these front chairs, uh, they're not well used. We'll move them into the back and then keep moving up chairs so that we, we can rotate the chairs. That's a good thing. But wouldn't it be wonderful if the front row chairs were worn out? <laughs> and I understand. I understand. There are medical reasons. There's all kinds of reasons. And, all, and by the way, sitting over in that other building, you will find that the back row is just as close as, or almost just as close as this back row. It's amazing. It's 60 feet, approximately. Well, we don't know. But anyways, I won't wear myself out because we have 200 feet running out the direction here. You know, you're going to be, and, and as I shared last time, it makes a difference when, when the preacher gets close to you. Oh, it's good to see you, Carolyn. How are you doing? By the way, that is wonderful. I get to see who's here in church this morning and everything and all. But where's my chair? And by the way, not only is it where we sit and people that we get involved with, but how we get involved and there's going to be orchestra's chairs. And I was going to bring them over here because they are a little bit different. But I was too lazy to do that. So I just brought this chair. And I'm going to have my chair in, in the church and the orchestra. And I'm going to be able to play in the orchestra with a wonderful chair. You need to find your chair. And if somebody else sits in your chair, it's okay. It's okay. And by the way, if you can imagine having 400 chairs in the auditorium, can you imagine how difficult it's going to be to clean under those chairs? And how important it will be for us not to eat or drink in the sanctuary. Amen. Got it? If you've been an usher, you'll understand what I'm saying. It's awful tough for popcorn and fingernail clippings. And pieces of paper. You know what? We want our janitors and our custodials to live through another Sunday. And you know, sometimes people can feel like, you know, they just don't think and they don't care that I have to come up and clean up after you. By the way, have you ever had to clean up after people? You know, it's, it's tough, you know. But, you know, these chairs too, boy, aren't they beautiful? Can you imagine spilling coffee on them? Purgatory. I'm kidding. There are two things that are very much on my mind as we go from a humble existence on Echo Hollow to a magnificent building. Number one, that none of us, including this preacher, will get too big for their britches. Number two, it is a building, it's chairs, it's not souls. And God is more concerned about souls than whether someone spills coffee on that chair. And I know, I know, I like things nice. And God is allowing this to become such a beautiful building. But we have to understand it's just a tool to reach people for Jesus Christ. Amen. We don't need to be careless and we need to can, can have things up there and we're trying to establish some good directions and things like that. And this is some good training for all of us and, and, and all. But, oh my, put your chair where it belongs and be in that chair. I think of those in Africa. They had to carry their pews, their chairs 
sometimes two miles uphill to come to church. Some tracked through the woods for two days to get to church. Oh, I tell you, they realized and they were excited and come, come with anticipation. Have that attitude. Have the, have the right chair. Sit where God wants you and encourage each other as we come uh, to church. Then having on the wrong glasses, having on the wrong glasses. You notice here that when, and, and it doesn't always make that much difference, but I have orchestra glasses so I can see a little bit better uh, the, the notes that are on the page. Make sure we have on the right glasses. How we see things, very important. Are we seeing things through God's eyes? Are we seeing things by being spirit-led? What does God want us to do? Uh, we talked about those tags. God, what do you want me to do? How does be spirit-led? I, I'm encouraged that uh, the college and career says, you know what? We want to buy our own TV for our room. Praise the Lord for that. I thank the Lord that people want to find out what God would have them to do. May God work in that way. We sang this song already, open our eyes. Oh God, I want to see. Then tradition, sometimes, well, well, we've always done it this way. And I talked about there in Matthew chapter 15, verses 2 and 3, where it talked about the traditions of men and the traditions of God. We need to be able to sort out why do we do what we do? Is this what God wants us to do? You'll find that God is a, uh, a God of variety in the Scriptures and the way that He does things. And you'll find that, that sometimes he only, he only parted the Red Sea once. Understand, we can allow our traditions to influence in the wrong decisions. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I was studying about the, the mustard seed and, uh, uh, of, of the Scriptures there and how it blossomed into this huge tree. And I, I just thought to myself how that the Word of God can be like that mustard seed and grow into great truth in our lives. But people become so messed up with their views, with the wrong glasses, with the traditions, with their chair, with their life, rather than what does God say? Does this fit the principles of God's Word? Oh, may we love it, see it. And then, this is the one that I, um, I, I was sitting there in my hot tub and I was looking at uh, uh, the neighbor's place and everything. And, and I was thinking about this, how that the flesh can cause us to make the wrong decisions. This guy up there, what does he look like? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Does he look tired? He looks tired. Can we make the wrong decision because we're tired? Now understand that. My flesh wants to control me. Not only in wrong philosophy and not seeing things biblically, but my flesh wants to control me in many ways. That's why I believe that we should try to take care of our bodies, get good rest and things like this. Uh, about a year ago, um, our wonderful neighbor died. She'd been our neighbor for ever since we were there. She was there before us. And my wife said this to me. She says, honey, I think we should buy this property. And guess what I said? 
I said, you're right, Rosie. I said, I'm tired. And I didn't even pray about it. And as I was sitting there and looking at that and just pondering this, the thought came to my mind that oftentimes we can make decisions based on how we are feeling rather than is this what God wants. And we cannot pray about things. Sometimes we think we're off the hook because we didn't pray about it. Is that a good way to approach life? And so it was, as I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know, I was just thinking about myself being tired and everything. And then the thought came to me and it says, you know what? You could have bought that house and you could have given it to Zach and Ruth who needs a house. And we could have got that house for $165,000. It was the same as our house. And we could have given it to Ruth and Zach along with the mortgage payments. <laughs> and you say, well, that's, you know, God has His will. He's sovereign. Listen, God is sovereign, but He lets us make choices. And those consequences, and I was thinking about that. Why didn't I just at least pray and ask God to have His will about it? Why didn't I pursue it rather than just being so tired that I thought, well, I don't want to do this. We've got to ask God what he wants us to do. The flesh. And then sometimes you just don't want to see. Either it's not important. We're not enthused about it. We don't see how how valuable this could be. Now, some of you parents are out there saying, you know, that looks like my kid. (laughs) Uh, I've seen kids like this. I've seen adults like this also. I've seen church members like this. I've been like this. Let me just give you some thoughts here as I finish up this message about the the people in the Bible and how this just leaps off the pages at me. Uh, here, the, the disciples traveled three years with the Lord, saw all the miracles. Did they get it? They didn't. But God loved them and kept working with them. He's long-suffering. After the calming of the sea, they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? But yet when it came to the cross, they fled for their lives, even having seen this. Understand, what I'm going to share with you right now is such a truth that's a concern to me. We have seen God's miracles, God's hands, and the old devil gets our eyes off of who God is and on people and on things, and we forget who God is. The disciples. Then, huh, there he goes in and he heals the demonic of Gadara. You all know the story of that? And here, the, the demons went into what? How many pigs was it? 3,000? Pigs! And here this man was seating in his right mind and clothed. And the people came out and they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. They didn't want Jesus around. Yet they did not see what he had done. How? I'm reading the book of Mark and it's just enthralling me to think how people could see so many miracles. Mark is one of the shortest, uh, I believe it is the shortest 
of the Gospels and is filled with boom, 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 boom. Everything that Jesus or many things that Jesus had done in, in Mark chapter 5, verse 26. Talking about the woman that was uh, taken uh, in uh, the issue of blood. And she suffered, it says here in Matthew, Mark chapter 5, verse 26. She had suffered many things uh, of many physicians and had spent all that she had. That sounds like Medicare, doesn't it, today? And was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Should we be asking God about our medical decisions? Yes or no? I can't say enough about that. Now, in the Bible, we see miraculous healing and we also see medical healing. Yes. So let's not get weird on this. Luke was a physician. And how wonderful it would be as we've gone into the hospital and many of you have had some surgeries and things like that. We bring the nurses in there or the doctors at times and we pray together that God would skill their hands. And I understand your physician asked if he could pray with you. Isn't that wonderful? We depend on God to give us wisdom in our medical decisions, in our well-being. I have been arrested in the truth that this old flesh wants to control me. And Paul says, I want to keep my body under subjection, beat it black and blue, lest I become worthless in the ministry. This flesh wants to control you. Then in Matthew 5, uh, I'm sorry, Mark 5, thank you. I am tired. And they, this is this uh, uh, woman and, and, and the girl that was, uh, was uh, dead. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel and, and them that were with him and entered in uh, where the damsel was lying. Verse 41, and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Telephah kumai, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. She was the age of 12 years. And when they came out of that room, do you think that they were amazed? They were astonished. Yet how many were there at the cross when Jesus died? How many were in the upper room after his resurrection? All these miracles. Mark chapter 6, 6. And he marveled. He'd gone back to Nazareth. And there uh, he had done certain things and all. But they were unbelieving. And he went around about the village teaching. In verse 11, he tells his disciples because they did not receive him in his hometown. And he says, whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you. When you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. There are people who just don't want to hear. And we're living in a day and age where it's getting darker and darker. And I want to encourage you. You've got to get that light in your soul so you and I can see better what's taking place in this world. In, uh, then it was the cost. So not only all these other things, but the cost. And this hit me also this week about uh, King Herod, I believe it was. Is, is he the king? 
that uh, married his brother's wife. And uh, Herod had John the Baptist thrown in prison. Remember that story? Because John shot straight. By the way, there are preachers being arrested all over China now because they're trying to do away with the gospel. And John was thrown into prison because he stood up and says it's morally wrong to do that. Are we living in a country that that's starting to change as well? And King Herod put on this party and Shalom, the daughter of Herodian, I guess it is, if I'm saying that right, Salome. She put on this exotic dance. And Herod says, he says, listen, you ask whatever you want up to half of my kingdom. The girl goes back to her mother who was bitter because the preacher had told the truth. And she says, you go ask for the head of John the Baptist on a silver platter. The damsel came back to Herod and says, we would like the head of John the Baptist on a silver platter. And this verse here is his response. The king was exceeding sorry. Now listen, when you feel the prompting of God in your heart and you see that that's not a right direction to go, then stop. But he doesn't. Because, yet for his oath's sake, and for the sake which were with him, he would not reject her. His pride got in the way, and he went forward, and they went into that prison, and they chopped John's head off, and they brought it out on a silver platter. The cost of his own pride kept him from doing what's right. Sometimes people don't want to ask God what He has for them because they're afraid what God's going to do. Let me tell you something. If God wants you to do it, you go out and do it. You'll never be sorry for it. But you'll be sorry if you don't do it. People are afraid they're going to be called to Africa or someplace like that. He went up unto them. Into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed to themselves beyond measure and wondered for they considered not the miracles of the loaves. They didn't consider what God had done and their hearts were hardened. This is God's disciples. He's given us these admonitions that sometimes people don't want to hear. Sometimes people can't uh, are considering the cost. But they can't see. The Pharisees didn't want to hear. He looked around about them and they were anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. He said unto the men, stretch forth thine hand. This is where he's going to heal this man with a withered hand. I want you to notice what happens here. He stretched out the man's hand. Uh, his hands were stretched out and his hand was restored whole. Can you imagine being in church where that withered man's hand from birth possibly was made whole right in front of all of you? What would you have done? Woo! We see the power of God. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might 
destroy him. Because you know what? The Pharisees were considering the cost of their religion and the politics rather than that they were face to face with God Almighty. And they rejected the truth. How about at Matthew 28? Jesus arises out of the tomb. What a miracle that took place there. He appeared to all these people. But when the Pharisees heard about it, they told the guards, after the guards had explained what had happened, the angel and the tomb being rolled away and the body's not there, the Pharisees didn't want that message. He says, hey, let's give you some money and you go out and tell people that his disciples came and took him by night. And there in Matthew 28, 11 through 15, it says that that report was commonly reported amongst the people. Oh, congregation, open our eyes that we might see, that we might understand, that we know what God wants to be Spirit-led. Are we getting it? <sighs> now, I would love for you to email all the other ones that you got on here also. But these are the seven that we looked at this morning. Attitude. Chair, glasses, traditions, flesh. I love that picture in the middle there. I don't want to hear. I don't want to see. Or the cost. Father, I pray that you'll help us. Maybe we identify where things are hindering us from not seeing. Lord, I am so thankful for when you open our eyes to understand. I am so thankful when we come to church and you speak to our hearts. And Lord, we all need to be honest with ourselves. We don't want to be like Herod because of pride coming into our soul that we discover that we don't want to follow or we harden our hearts or we just do it the way we've always done it and we don't consider what you are doing in our midst and seeing the miracles. Oh God, help us. Help this preacher. I am so thankful for getting into this series. So Lord, help us as a congregation. Help us to, to be looking out for how we can serve you. How we can be a blessing to others. Lord, help us to identify. Maybe in one of these seven or the multitude of other things. That could come our way. That causes us to miss what you have for us. Oh, Lord, thank you. I do not regret being obedient to you. And so, oh Lord, I pray for each and every one. Thank you. I believe we're sitting in a congregation here that wants to see and wants to hear. I believe that's why we're here today. Lord, there might be someone who doesn't have their spiritual eyes open. And Lord, you want to help them to come to salvation and to see Christ as their Savior. I pray that you open their hearts, open their eyes. Oh God, I pray that Lord, that you'll just continue. I know sometimes we've stumbled. I know, Lord, in my own self, that how many decisions I've made without praying or doing something about it. And oh God, arrest us as we pray and ask you to help us. It ought not to be the last thing we come to. And to let your word be a light unto our, our feet and a lamp unto our path. Oh God, help us. So heads are bowed and eyes are closed. What will...
we do with today's message. Let's make some decisions. How God works today. So, Father, you have your perfect will and way in Jesus' name. Let's stand together and we'll grab our hymn books and we'll sing page number. What's that page number? That's fine. Or, okay, I tell you what, we'll sing Open My Eyes. We got Open My Eyes. We'll make this our closing prayer. We've sang it once before, but let's go ahead and sing it again. I think we could go back, or if you, you know the words, many of us know these words. Let's stand together. If uh, you have decisions to make, make them now, or don't leave the service without making sure these things are taken care of. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Open our eyes, Lord, we want to see Jesus, to reach out and touch Him, and say that we be our prayer this week. Amen to that. I encourage you. Have your eyes open, ears. Let's pay attention. Let's pay attention. Apathy has come in to our country and into our churches. I'm telling you what. Keep our eyes open. We need to see. Amen? Amen and amen. Just a few announcements before you go. Uh, the things that are taking place, I see the tables out there for those that would like to help us in the nursery. They're having a lunch today and then the quilting on Saturday and no uh, landscaping this Saturday, but two uh, weeks off on that. And uh, on the back, the Bible Pathways, you can sign up for that as well. God bless you as you are dismissed.